Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Diana Molina, and you're listening to Sorry, Partner. Hello and welcome to Sorry Partner, a weekly podcast about bridge and all things interesting to bridge players, brought to you by bridge partners and friends, Catherine Harris and Jocelyn Starts. On today's program, we talk with Chilean champion Diana Molina about being the first and only person in her family to play bridge, life as a junior player moving into the big leagues, and gender politics. Plus, she shares her top tip for developing players. But first, let's kibitz. Hi, partner. Hi, partner. How are you? Jocelyn, I'm great. Thanks. How are you? Well, I'm fine. I played in a tournament over the weekend, and I think I encountered a real-life cheater. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Tell me everything. Well, so I played against this person on day one of the tournament. And it was very strange. One hand, there was a noticeable delay before he played a card to my lead. And then I continued in that suit. And guess what? He was out and he trumped. And I looked questioningly at my partner, the dummy, who um, was just sort of sitting there. And I'm like, do I call the director because there was a delay in playing the singleton? Yeah. Or do I just let it go? But I let it go. Afterwards, though, before I even had a chance to talk about it with my partner, my partner brings up the fact that she suspects this person is a cheater because when she has played against him before, she's had some snafus with the bridge mate uh-huh. when the scores have been entered in very much in his favor when it should have been in her favor. And I said, well, did you notice that when he played that singleton and then trumped it, there was a long delay 
which made me think he was choosing his card. And in fact, he had a singleton and she had been not really paying attention, but she said, well, just really be careful with with that person. I mean, they did set me and I don't know that I would have played it differently had I suspected it was a singleton, but for sure, I was not given the impression that it was a singleton. Well, that's right. It's not ethical behavior, even if it didn't change the outcome. Right. Day two, I find myself at this very same table. I'm with a different partner who has no experience with this person. And there's a a board and he gives it to her to check the bridge mate. And I don't think that she's really looked at it too carefully. So I said to her, did you see it? Did you, did you see it? Did the score? I didn't, I don't know that you saw it. And she said, I think I did. And then he says, I need to go call the director. Cause I think I might've entered the score <laughs> in incorrectly. And in fact, he had entered in the score in his favor instead of ours. Oh, and he suddenly had that light bulb moment. He suddenly, the light bulb went off when I was looking intently at my partner, make sure that you look at the bridge mate carefully. So in fact, yes, he had to fix it. So there you go. I did not call the director to accuse this person of cheating, but I think that the preponderance of the evidence suggests that he is a cheater. Yeah, yeah. And what did your partner number one say when you told them? Oh, well, she was not surprised. I said, guess who I saw? I saw the cheater and guess what he did? <laughs> he <laughs> entered in the score in his favor when it was supposed to be in ours. So, yeah. I know that we discussed a little while ago your discomfort at having been accused of cheating yourself because you hesitated when you had a single yes. in your hand because you didn't know that that wasn't because you didn't know that you weren't supposed to do that. Did that come into your mind when you became aware of their hesitation around that singleton? You know, did, I mean. I did wonder if they were a newer player, perhaps, and uh, maybe they didn't know. But when my partner told me that this is a person, this is a pro who's been around, that they were at a lesson, you know, they they had a student there that was paying them. mm, Yeah, no, this was not a situation like, mine, which was not excusable, but, uh, you just didn't know, you know, the, I, I did not know. Yeah. But I'm curious because in a way that could make one more vigilant or not so much less vigilant, but given that it was something that had been brought to your attention in terms of your own play. I don't know so much about that, but I do know that it was very important to me in my decision about whether to continue the suit to know whether that was a singleton. And I felt confident that it wasn't. So I did, it wasn't so much that I was sensitized to the particular infraction as much as I was really trying to figure out if that could possibly be a singleton before I developed my line of play. And my line of play depended on it not being a singleton. So it was heightened. I'm just interested because I know you and I had discussed this that a while back you had, in a sense, been accused of cheating because you didn't realize and you'd hesitated around playing a singleton, not knowing that you were meant to just play it in tempo and not imply that you had other holdings in that suit. Did that experience make you more inclined or less inclined to call a director in this instance? I don't think it factored into my decision. 
you know, in that situation, I didn't really hesitate. I just, I played it in the normal tempo that I was playing all the cards. That isn't what happened here so much. Also, I was a newer player when I did that. And, you know, this person knows better. They're a pro. Uh, They've been around for a long time, which was verified basically when partner on day one told me that this has happened with this person on previous occasions. So, you know, draw the inference you will. No, I, I think I would not feel comfortable calling a director on a person for hesitating. Yeah, because you weren't quite sure. And it could, if it was just a one-off thing, that's fine. We all do things and you don't mean it, but that combined with the suspicion about their ethics or lack of. Yeah becomes a bigger thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's, it's creepy. You know, it's very creepy, I think. So. Creepy because there's a sense of premeditation around it. Creepy in just in that you think that we're all there playing this game that we love. And then it just feels really like cold water or something has been poured all over you when you realize that some people are looking to cheat you at this game that you're playing. You know, I think that's, you know, it just made me feel creepy. You know, the really sad thing is that the board that was scored incorrectly against us and then fixed was going to be a bottom board for us no matter what. (laughs) That was really sad. (laughs) (laughs) But right one out, Jocelyn, right one out. (laughs) Hooray. (laughs) Hey, everyone. While we have your attention, we did want to take a minute to ask for your support We don't fill the show with advertising because we want to make it a great experience for our listeners. But this does mean that we rely on listener supporters like yourself. So if you haven't had the opportunity yet to donate, we would really appreciate it if you could go to our website at sorrypartner.com and click on the support this show tab and it will take you to our secure Patreon page and anything you can contribute would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Jocelyn, on the theme of cheating, I've dipped into our mailbag and have pulled out a letter related to this theme. And this is from Anonymous. From the other side of the table, unfortunately. One afternoon, I was playing a club game with a regular partner. In this particular hand, I was dummy. About halfway through the play of the hand, the defender on my right accused me of cheating and loudly called the director. With all this happening and the director standing at the table, Declara, my partner, who is not the fastest of players, called for the next card. Partner, I said, I've been accused of cheating. What, she said? She was blissfully unaware of any fast caused by the defender and hadn't even noticed the director standing beside her. The whole scenario was quite absurd. Clearly, my partner was so immersed in her play of the hand that she did not hear or notice any of the kerfuffle happening at the table. So the likelihood of her taking note of any subtle or even not so subtle signals I was accused of making was remote. 
I can laugh at this situation now, especially of my partner not noticing any of the goings on at the table and continuing to play. But the accusation did not sit well with me. Yeah, ouch, ouch. Well, you know, as we've talked about, we've, we've both been accused of cheating at times in the past. Neither of us have meant to do it. I was accused once, I think I've talked about this before, when I was asking a lot of questions during the bidding because I was, again, I was quite a new player and I didn't understand when I was meant to ask about the meanings of the bids. And I was playing against this really experienced pair and they really got into me. (laughs) Even when they were explaining it to me, I had no idea what they were talking about. They were very, very put out. I was like, if only I was able to capitalize (laughs) 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 or communicate to my partner who equally had no idea what was going on. But yeah, it's awful. It's awful when you feel accused of something and you really hadn't meant to do that. Completely. Yeah. I remember feeling sick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Horrible. Not just creeped out, but actually sick. Yeah. 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 It's terrible. Well, Anonymous, we completely understand. And, um, you know, these things happen, I guess. It's a bit of the rough and tumble of the game. I think probably a lot of people have been in your situation, but um, ultimately, as long as you play ethically, I guess it all works out in the end. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I hope so. Poor Anonymous. I'd like to believe that everything worked out okay at the table that day, but I guess we'll (laughs) never know unless Anonymous, tell us, did everything work out? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And are you still playing with that partner who wasn't quite so aware of what was going on? (laughs) Our next letter is an amusing bridge story from Stan. Stan writes to us from Australia. He says, thank you. I look forward to listening to your podcast each week. And I want to tell you about a friend of mine whose parents played bridge until they died in their 80s. My friend, let me call him Paul because that's his name. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Paul holds a four table individual event twice a year in his parents' honour. It's a lovely thing with 16 of us pairing for two hands with each of the other 15, playing pre-dealt hands like at a bridge club. And then there's a buffet and drinks and it's very sociable. Last Sunday was the most recent and roughly 20th iteration. I sat north and opened my hand. I examined it and quickly sorted my cards, gasped and opened seven diamonds. My left-hand opponent bids seven hearts. My partner bids seven spades. And my poor right-hand opponent bemoaned being stranded with her 13-card club suit. (laughs) I suggested that she bid eight clubs as even doubled it was a better score than letting us make seven spades. When the dealing error was corrected, my proper hand was not nearly as much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a new deck or something? (laughs) They must have just forgotten to to deal that one. That's so funny. That's so funny. But I can imagine that initial moment. You're like, oh, wow, somehow. (laughs) What's the most number of cards you've ever held in a suit? Do you remember? I think 10. Yeah, I think I had a 10 once. Yeah. 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 Pretty rare. Once. Pretty rare. (laughs) once once and our final letter this week comes from paul in austin another paul i assume (laughs) (laughs) not the same as stan's friend paul who he'll call paul (laughs) well it's possible but i doubt it (laughs) hi catherine and jocelyn really enjoy the podcast keep up the good work thanks paul thanks paul i have a stumble top for you (laughs) 
Playing an original with a fairly experienced but new-to-me partner, we discussed briefly beforehand if we played new minor forcing or XYZ and decided on the latter. On the second board of the night, my partner was dealer and the auction went one diamond, one spade, one no trump, and I bid two diamonds, artificial and game-forcing, XYZ. Much to my surprise, my partner passed, and so did my right-hand opponent. I informed the opponents that there was a failure to alert. Partner was now playing two diamonds in a 4-3 fit. By some miracle, they made it for plus 90. It took all my self-control to say afterwards simply, well done, partner, and we moved on to the next board. It's a small game, and I felt we had an okay session after that. Following the final board, the results were posted, and we ended up first with a 62% game. Wow. Yeah. I checked the results for that board and we'd had a clear top. Every other table was in six, no trump, down one. (laughs) Clear top with 90. (laughs) (laughs) So it just goes to show you never know and keeping calm at the table, (laughs) being civil to your partner when they make a mistake and forgetting about an apparent screw up can work out well. Hope that gives you a laugh. Best regards, Paul. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. We love those stumble top stories. And if you've got one of those or a story about a cheater, please do send them to us at sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, or you can send us a voice message. And these links are in the show notes and on the website at sorrypartner.com, along with some other good stuff. Coming up next, our interview with Diana Molina. Chilean champion Diana Molina discovered bridge when the Chilean Bridge Federation gave a workshop at her high school. She has since represented Chile in the juniors, girls, ladies, and mixed categories, with a third-place win in the women's and a first-place win in the mixed, both in 2021. In 2015, she was awarded the Condor de Bronce as one of the best Chilean players and athletes of the year. We began by asking about her earliest memory of the game. I started playing bridge when I was in school. I was playing with my friend, Nicolas Davilas. Most of the players that started in my school stopped playing, but Nicolas and I keep playing and we are in the junior teams together. And so why do you think you two clicked with it and the others didn't? I always loved darts and I love that it's a competitive game. And that you can always keep learning. Do you have family members who play? No, nobody. Nobody? Nobody. They didn't even know what was rich. They are like, what is that? And I'm like, it's a game with cards. And I'm like, oh, like blackjack or (laughs) anything. And I'm like, no, not not the same, but at least they know some card games. (laughs) What about now? Are they more interested? Well, my mom knows something because I tried to teach her like mini Brit, but (laughs) she didn't really like it. So she's just very supportive. And like, if I talk about Brit, she's like, I don't understand, but I support you. Good job, I guess. And if I do bad, she's like, well, the next time you'll do better. (laughs) 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Do you have a favorite tournament that you like to play? Yes, I really like to play the Nationals when we are all playing against each other. I want the honor to represent my country like I did something good. What's the strangest place that you found yourself playing bridge? Oh, that was really recent. A few weeks ago, I think. We played with my teammates in a boarding store, like in the second floor because we couldn't practice in your normal place and your coach told us like I have a place and just he sent the address and we didn't even knew where we were going and then we entered at the place and there are many board games and we are like wow you were in the middle of a store and people were shopping around you well, in the second floor, but yes. So you're actually in the shop with people walking around. <laughs> yes. And did that attract any attention from the shoppers? No one asked you what you were doing? No, sadly, no. <laughs> we were ready to introduce some people to read. <laughs> but so you got a good practice in and you got your systems nailed down and you got some good defensive executions that you, that you weren't distracted from. So that was good. So what would your regular partner say is your greatest strength when it comes to bridge? I think to like that I'm very consistent. I try to play always the same because sometimes people are not that consistent and they're like, you never know what to expect when you're playing with them. So I think she likes that I'm most of the time, consistent. And what might your regular partner say might be a weaker area of your game? Hmm. I think that maybe I'm a little afraid to do mistakes. You second guess yourself a little bit. Yes. Well, it reminds me of something one of our previous guests said not that long ago. 
It was Carol Stanton who said that based on her research, she has concluded that women are more afraid to make mistakes, and I'm paraphrasing here, while men are more afraid of missing out on a game or a slam. And so they're, they see the bad thing to happen would be them missing out, whereas women are, the bad thing would be them making an error. And I found that very interesting. And now you're saying that you're afraid of making a mistake. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I find interesting just I feel some people expect women to not play that good or worse than a man. So sometimes I think I need to be more careful to not be criticized because in the past I was criticized when I did some things like trying to not missing out something and well, it ended up in my mind like if I did this and it go wrong. These people will criticize me and I don't want that. They will talk bad about me. So you're criticized for maybe making a mistake in the past, but you're also criticized then for being too careful in the present. And so you're kind of a bit of a catch-22. Yes, I can do anything. Yeah. And with some people, you just can't, you can't please them. You know, you can't win. (laughs) That is true. What would you say is the most important thing to learn about defense? I guess it's really important to trust each other with your partner. Sometimes you feel like you know more than what your partner does just because you are seeing your cards, but they are also seeing their cards and we both are thinking how is the best defense. I guess you need sometimes to just trust your partner when they do a signal, when they do a lead. Maybe you don't understand, but there's a reason why your partner does something in a certain moment. I try to trust my partner always. Is that something that you understood instinctively, perhaps, but you notice that other people don't always trust their partner? Mm -hmm. Yes. I guess it happened because sometimes I had some hands with my partner to work when we didn't trust each other and ended up really bad like the opponents made a contract that it was impossible to make and we were like just giving them a gift but other thing is to take time in the table and think even when you think you know everything about the hand just take a moment nobody's rushing you you can take your time and I guess that (laughs) Is there an issue in bridge that's particularly important to you? Something that's on your mind about the game? An issue? Well, I'm used to some people to make sexist comments and people tend to just let it pass like it's nothing and it's really casual. Like you are just playing and people start talking and make these comments and you are like... What sort of things would they say? I listened a lot of comments, sometimes saying like that women will never be at the same level as a man, that they don't expect women to play in competitive bridge, only like social bridge. And that for that reason, maybe it's difficult to be invited to important tournaments when you are starting playing. At least that's something that happened to me and I, I saw it happen to other people now too. 
But do you feel that the men at the same level as you are being invited, but the women at that level are not? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. And it's something that I can explain, but it bothered me. And mm -hmm. it feels like I'm in a dispensate just for being a woman. Did you tell anybody that this was happening, any of the officials, or did the people in your team understand that you're hearing these sorts of comments? Well, I talked with other women, obviously, and we are like, why is this happening? But nothing is done. So we are forced to let it pass because we can do anything about it. And it's frustrating because it feels like I don't have a voice. Right. So what do you think can be done to fix this? Maybe it needs to be more talked about because now you listen, maybe you talk with one, two people and they agree with you, but that is everything. There's no more. We need more. We need to talk about it. We need to recognize when something is grown so we can change it. Diana? What is something that people might be surprised to learn about you? Well, I've been playing bridge for 10 years. People doesn't expect me to play that time because they look at a person, they say, oh, they look young. They probably started playing not a long time ago as I had been playing even longer than some adults. So they're like, wow, 10 years and you're really young. So it's surprising. Then... Sometimes they are surprised about my career. I'm studying chemical engineering and they are like, how do you have time to play Brit and study at the same time? It's a little bit difficult. <laughs> Impressive. When you think about all the bridge players currently living or maybe who have come before, if you could play with anyone, who would you choose? Well, first, my teacher <laughs> who introduced me to the world at Bridge, Marcelo Caracti. He's a Chilean player. Then I would say I will play with maybe Ola or Mikhail Rimstedt because they are pretty young. So I think it will feel more comfortable to be playing with someone closer in age. And then if I need to tell another person, <laughs> I think I couldn't lose the opportunity to play with Jeff Mextrat, obviously. <laughs> like, even if I made a mistake, it will be worth it. Just to say <laughs> that I could play with him and I could say, sorry, partner, Tishi. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What's the biggest schlamazel you've ever made at the table? Oh, when I first started playing with my partner in mix, Jack, and we used to play to Diamonds Week, but just because we didn't have too much time to talk about something more elaborated, so we started playing easy. And one day after a match, he told me like, what about we start playing to Diamonds Balance at 18, 19? And I'm like, okay, well... We talked about it really fast. And then the next match, my partner opened a hole to dialogue. I'm like, 10 points, balance it, think it, it's weak. So I pass. <laughs> to dialogue, pass. All pass. Yeah, all pass, obviously. 
And well, we had any game you can think of, but my partner was playing a really safe contract to dime. <laughs> Plus two. So at least we didn't have five diamonds. <laughs> what did he say after that? Huh? He was like, partner, we're playing strong, right? And I was like, <laughs> oh, damn. I forgot. Sorry. But we're still playing. So she wasn't that mad, I guess. <laughs> and you probably never forgot that one again. No, never again. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> it is the best way of learning something new. Yeah. Is to mess it up. Yeah, you mess it up. You pass a forcing game and you never pass that again. <laughs> oh. Is there a convention or a gadget that you really love? It's your favorite convention to play with your partners. My partner really likes to play conventions. She always is looking for something new to play. And she really liked the Snapdragon Double just because the name. And well, I can say that I really like the name too. And now it's in your convention card. <laughs> I use it like one time. <laughs> one week ago and it was like yes finally <laughs> yeah. excellent and can you just explain for our listeners exactly how it goes it's like you you bid a, a double after a spade by opponents to show hearts or if your opponent open with anything your partners intervenes and the opponent say a third sweet then when you double, you show two cards of support of your partner's suite, and you show four more cards of the suite that hasn't been saved. Got it. It doesn't promise anything in the opponent's suit. No. But your partner could leave it in. This can show like you have two cards of support, but you have your own suit too. So you choose, so you can... Save your suit again, or you can support mine, but you know that we don't have faith. Okay. Is there a convention that you really don't like to play with anyone? Well, I don't like when I open two clubs strong, two diamonds waiting. I don't like it. <laughs> oh. No. We played like we have a negative call, and the others are positive. So you. No, if you can look for slam or you are going to be in game really fast, like you don't need to wait for your partner. And if their opponents say something, you also know what is the best since the first moment. And you aren't like, what do I do? My partner will have any hand and I don't know. I think it makes easier. What is the weak response? The weak response, we play two hearts. Yeah. Okay. What's the best bridge tip or advice that you've ever been given? I guess it's to always try to secure a score at my side. Sometimes we are a little bit greedy and we want more, but sometimes it's okay to use play safe when it's needed. You don't need to do anything really extraordinary to win a match. Just play normal and try to score. <laughs> 
Diana, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. It's been terrific. Oh, thanks to you. It was great being here with you today. And goodbye. And that's the show. Many thanks to our guest, Diana Molina. Thank you also to our listener supporters who make the show possible. Sorry Partner is produced by Catherine Harris with production assistance from Paul Chirasso and Jade Gray. Our theme music was composed by Jocelyn Starts and produced by Daniel Graboy. Send your bridge stories and comments to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or at sorrypartnerpodcast on Instagram or send us a voice message. And please consider supporting the show, which gets you a special insider's newsletter. These links and a link to our discount offers and merch store are under the episode description in your app on the website at sorrypartner.com or wherever you like to listen. We'd love to hear from you, but be nice or we'll call the director. Until next week, play well. May all your finesses be on side. And remember, as Diana says, you don't have to be extraordinary to win. Thank God. (laughs) Just play steadily and try to accrue positive scores. (laughs) Thank you, partner. Thank you, partner. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.